Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 386, May 20th, 2020. Well, this is the second day in a row for 2009. On this day in 2009, it hit 94. And once again, kids would have been swimming on those beaches, kept weed-free and algae-free and strange vegetation-free by Aquaside. Dot com and the low on this day occurred in 19, uh, I'm sorry in 1892 when it was 31 degrees and now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake it's Garage Logic with rookie on production Chris Reavers director of social media John or as David Attenborough would say occasionally Kenny from the Krabby <laughs> Coffee Shop here is your flashlight king. Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. We're joined by Tom Hauser from Five Eyewitness News. Uh, I think he's the best uh, best in the game in town uh, covering what he covers, politics and the coronavirus. And I'm sure, Tom, have you attended every uh, uh, gubernatorial briefing? <laughs> I have attended... All of those in person where I was the pool reporter, but I've been on every one of the daily briefing calls when the governor has been on. I've missed a few when it has just been the health commissioner and a couple of others. But I've been on about 90-some percent of those daily calls. I, I'm, I'm not going fishing here, but I'm, I'm intending to pay you a compliment. Uh, the reason I think you're the best in the game right now is because I'm a student of this stuff, having done it all my life, and I don't know what your politics are. That's my compliment. Well, and that is the highest compliment I can be paid. And I think a lot of your Twitter followers agree with what Joe said, Tom, based on the comments I said. No, you get a lot of grief. You get a lot of grief. <laughs> I get. I will be called the worst name you can call a, a flaming liberal and the worst you can call a, a flaming conservative. And that's right where it should be hey join the club people read into what they want to read a couple of things go ahead i'm sorry a couple of things uh today it's anticipated the governor walls will announce that june 1st is in fact the date for uh, restaurants bars and salons for example to open i would imagine with uh some uh some uh, uh reduced capacity is that the way you would understand it Yes, and it may even go a little further than that in that it, it may require mostly uh, outdoor seating, right? Uh, sidewalks, patios, um, and, and maybe really no indoor dining. Now, this is still evolving. It might be one reason why the announcement has been pushed back from two until, until three because they're still trying to sort a lot of this out. And with the bars and restaurants, their concern is if you're indoors, it's the length of exposure you have to people who may be infected mm-hmm. that make it more likely you're going to get infected. And that's that's why there's a lot of frustration among people who say, well, why can't churches open? If you're going to open bars or if you're going to open Menards, why can a church not be opened? And that's why the bars, they might keep all outdoors. Menards, people tend to, or cup foods, you tend to go in and you get out. If you go to a church setting... You tend to stand there for an hour, yep. and if, if this virus can be caught through the air, that could be a problem. So they're still trying to work through some of the indoor lengthy exposures to each other, and that is really complicating how they can open and what they open. 
Well, and I don't expect you to know the answer to this question, but what all of us struggle with is why why op- why can't you open a day? What's going to change between now and June 1st? I would submit to you nothing will change. I would submit to you that with the exception of getting hospitals prepared, nothing has changed regarding the flight and path of this virus. It's a bit of nature. It's going to do what it wants to do. I don't know why, uh, for example, uh, Minneapolis Parks two weeks ago took down the tennis nets and basketball nets, and now they're putting them back up. What changed? (laughs) Nothing changed. you You could make that same argument, and I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but about the mask situation. Mm-hmm. In early March, March, Fauci was saying, don't wear a mask. The Surgeon General said, don't wear a mask. A month later, they say, everybody wear a mask. And there was no science in between that changed. But it was just another tool in their toolbox that they decided to, to throw out there. So it, when it comes to why not just open today rather than wait till June 1st, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's primarily to give hospitals another a week or 10 days for more personal protective gear to come in and that type of thing in case there is a big surge in the hospitals. By the way, a big surge in hospitals and deaths that we still have not seen unless you live in a nursing home. Tom, on May 14th, the models, the models showed 1,700 deaths by the end of May. I did the math. That was in 17 days. You had to have an average of 64 deaths a day. Fortunately, fortunately, those death tolls aren't even remotely close to that number. Uh, nine on Sunday, 12 is the most recent. Uh, these, these are good things. But I, the models are, are invariably wrong. Now, I'm going to get off on a tangent. Let me not do that. Going back to masks. Did you see what we uh, should point out, though, that's the U of M model. That was the University of Minnesota model that uh, appears to be very, very pessimistic. They accuse the University of Washington model of being overly optimistic. I think the same might be able to be said about the U of M model. There, we're done with that tangent. Okay, uh, yesterday, are you aware that uh, Mike Osterholm uh, on local radio uh, said that wearing a mask doesn't make much difference? He said it's much more cosmetic. Uh, He said, uh, I guess this was on Friday, not yesterday. He said nearly everyone in Hubei province in China was wearing masks for cultural reasons before the coronavirus outbreak began to grow, and it didn't do anything to stop it. So he says, in truth, regular mask, scarves, or other face protection won't really make much difference. I have heard him say that at least a dozen times. He has said it on Five Eyewitness News. He said it in a webinar he did with Neil Kashkari from the Federal Reserve, mm-hmm. with the Economic Club of Minnesota. And the funny thing was, it was Margaret Brennan from Face the Nation who moderated this webinar that about a thousand people were watching. And I don't know that she had, that she knew what the answer was going to be, but she asked Dr. Osterholm, so do you wear a mask? Do you think that's a good idea? And then he went off saying exactly what you just said about, mm-hmm. no, there is, there is little evidence that it is going to do much, if anything, to keep you from spreading it or you from catching it. And she was totally caught off guard by that. Because so, Something I, tells me that really, really deep down, Osterholm is probably thinking, let's get on with life and face this. Uh, I, 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 I could be totally wrong, but deep down I sense that he's thinking, 
herd immunity is ultimately going to be the final answer to this anyway, because you well, might it, be a year or more it, away from a vaccine. And that is fascinating because he says, you know, to get herd immunity, you need 60 to 70 percent of the population exposed to this. And yet all of our efforts are to keep all of us from being exposed to this. Right. And, right. And it's now I know part of it is just to delay our exposure until we're ready so that you're, the hospitals are best equipped to make it so that you don't get to the end stage, uh, you know, and end up dying from this. And uh, but, but it, they do seem to be things that cross purposes about keep us all from getting it. Yet you have experts saying we need herd immunity so that we can get over this. Are you aware that the state paid uh, about five, six million for a uh, warehouse that was owned by Bix Produce? Bix Produce has been in business in the Twin Cities since about 1930. They have a 23-year-old warehouse on Leorient Avenue in St. Paul, and the state has purchased it. Uh, uh, to convert it into a morgue in the event a morgue is needed. Uh, I I would hope that it's not needed, and I'm wondering, uh, I've talked to people in the funeral business, and they're wondering, they're scratching their heads at this, because they, uh, this one individual has plenty of capacity. This is a tough subject to talk about like this with dead people. But he says, we have plenty of capacity. They don't, uh, I think the... Uh, uh, people in the bereavement industry don't really understand why the state is suddenly going into the uh, mortuary business. I am well aware of, of that purchase yesterday and the fact that they have budgeted to spend up to another million and a half converting it into the type of building they need to store the human remains of COVID-19 patients. And at the current pace, there's a pretty good likelihood it will never be needed it'll never happen so god, what, god what, forbid that it we, would if, yeah if the u of m model was correct then and i'm not going to say that ultimately it's not going to be but they say in the next year there will be twenty nine thousand people in minnesota who could be dead from COVID 19 if that comes to pass yes it might be needed but i i and so i'm i'm not an expert on seeing into the future a year from now but at the current pace it seems unlikely. Now, the state says we can convert it to other uses later, but still this seems like a interesting way to go about it. Well, I've, I read some great ideas from people who were thinking outside the box. In the event this is needed, and I really, really hope it's not, it seems very unlikely. You've got all these closed ice rinks that are already refrigerated. Now, another guy said, well, you're going to lose a lot of restaurants that have lots of cold storage capacity. I know this is a very tough way to talk about having just lost your grandmother or grandfather, but the point being, uh, the state seems to be overreaching itself on this one, and it just, I'm not suggesting any chicanery. I don't know anything about it. I tried to find out about it, uh, who owns Bix, and uh, they just got some taxpayer money to move their operations to Little Canada. Apparently, they've outgrown this place. And uh, but you're, it certainly seemed to happen quickly. And we did look into the owner to see if you know the usual due diligence. Has he yeah. made political contributions to Governor Walls or Democrats? And didn't find any evidence. Either could I of that? And so I, I don't know that there is any chicanery here. That they're they're trying to prepare for the worst case scenario. And I know part of their justification is well. FEMA is going to pay for part of this. FEMA is still taxpayer money. So the right. people often talk, well, it's going to come from FEMA, so we're not really having to pay for it. Yeah, we're still paying for it. 
And mm-hmm. so, and then they say we can use it for something else if we end up not needing it for human remains of COVID-19 patients. Is that a valid argument? Uh, not for me uh, to decide one way or another, but certainly a legitimate question. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, uh, will you be attending the governor's briefing? I am not the pool reporter, so I will be uh, I will be watching uh, the feed along with uh, with you and thousands of, of Minnesotans. If I were there, Joe, the question I would ask: It has now been 13 days since the battle plan to fight long-term care deaths from COVID-19, mm-hmm. and today 26 of 29 of the new deaths are in long-term care. That's 90 percent. The overall number is now up to 82 percent, 635 out of 777 deaths in long-term care. That is clearly where the biggest crisis is right now when it comes to COVID-19 in Minnesota. Two points. The money they spent buying that building might have been better spent in doing whatever is necessary to reinforce safety precautions in these nursing homes. And two, it is my understanding that when elderly patients were released from the hospital, they were often released into long care facilities or nursing homes where they then spread the disease. Well, I asked about that 10 days ago on a daily briefing call because this is what was happening in Washington State. Washington State then... When that was discovered, they came up with these intermediate facilities where when somebody uh, gets COVID-19, they end up in the hospital from a nursing home and they survive. Instead of going straight back to their nursing home, they would go to this intermediate facility where they would be quarantined for an even longer period of time before the decision would be made on whether they could go back to their nursing home. Now, in Minnesota, they did say there are patients going back but they claim there have been no instances of transmission from those patients who recovered and then new cases. That's okay. what they're saying. All right. So, yeah. but, it, but it is something to keep an eye on because that is clearly, when you talk about 90% in a day when yep. we have 29 deaths all in long-term care, that is a continuing problem. Tom, we'll speak with you again. We'll be uh, anxious like you are to find out what we're going to learn today at 2 o'clock. All right, Joe, always great to hear from you. Thank you. All right, Tom Hauser, who's uh, at the top of his game in the Twin Cities when it comes to this stuff. Should, we, just, be, should we be a little more suspicious of this Bix produce acquisition? Because I certainly am. I, it, it just doesn't pass the smell test, and I don't know why. Uh, the only, I'm, I'm unprepared to be suspicious, but I'm prepared to be curious uh, right, it looks to be yeah, it looks to way. be a perfect facility. It looks to be perfectly located. Uh, it looks to have been uh, a transaction completed neatly and quickly. And I, I'm curious about all that. You you would think that uh, uh, you would think that the process might have taken longer. Uh, it was only what last week that it was mentioned. Right that the state was going to get into the mortuary business, and the next thing you know, they're in the mortuary business. They might have delayed mentioning it to us. Um, you know, they, it might have been in the works before they even brought it to our That's attention. true, and, and there's nothing to say that they can't go back and then resell it, recouping whatever they spent. I guess that, that's true, too. We just continue to, to be confounded. I'm, I'm looking at a text sent to me by a relative who was at a funeral. And uh, it's the, he's at the funeral of his wife's 
best friend's father. Okay. And apparently they made the cut. Uh, they made the cut that uh, 10 people could be there. And, uh, but the, the uh, fellow's, uh, the fellow's uh, children were not allowed. No what? grandchildren. What? Mm. Let, me, let me double check the picture to make sure that the people I'm talking about were, in fact, there. Uh, it, they appear to be. Uh, at least two of them, but the but the fellow's own. Uh, my point being, what they're texting uh, people is, for God's sakes, you, you can go to Grand Casino, Grand Casino, but they wouldn't allow. Oh, they wouldn't allow anyone other than his children in church. No grandchildren. Wow, that's heartbreaking. But you can go. You can go. And then the argument that we keep hearing uh, is, well. You know, when you go to Costco, you're not there long. When you go to Menards, you're not there long. Hell, you're standing in line to get in some of these places. Ah, whatever. What the hell can I do about mm. it? <laughs> Chuck and Columbus High outrights. Yes. Yes, we're Kenny. not gonna put we're not gonna put the deceased into closed restaurant coolers. No, I know that. that, that that's I know. Okay. And and the same with the ice rinks. We're we're, we're not doing that. But well, I, I, I don't think, think this 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 real estate thing is worth further scrutiny. Has anybody in the media done comps? Did they get a good deal on this? Did they overpay? And then the big question is, what the hell are we going to do with this thing two years down the road? And are well, we going to just... sell it at a loss? I, I mean, it, this doesn't seem like a great investment to me. No, it isn't. And you just heard Hauser say the state is already saying, well, we'll find another use for it if we don't need Ugh. it. Well, what the hell is it going to be? It's a large produce warehouse. Maybe it can be uh, storage for all of those uh, books of Waterline and uh, the Garage Logic. They're Maybe. all sold. They're oh. all sold. Oh, they are. They're okay. All sold. Got it. Yeah, it's really it's cheap mean. shot, Chris. Sorry. It's really mean. <laughs> uh, well, the other part of this, let's let's continue with this with this building. It's it's pocket change compared to the money that's getting thrown around in this country. That's true. That yeah. that's not the point, though. The the point no. is. What, what? Why are you taking business out of the uh, out of the hands yeah. of morticians? And you've already done enough of taking business away from people in the state of Minnesota, right? And can't they're, you they're, rent? they're they're just fearful of a New York situation uh, and the poor optics of putting poor souls in refrigerated trucks or what have you. They're just I afraid mean, did, of that. Did Bix go out of business or is no? This just no, they extra they outgrew that. Or they don't. Yeah. They don't need it anymore. So, they moved to Little Canada. Why couldn't we rent it from them? Was that discussed? Yeah. Let's, the, let's yes, hear about it was. that. It was. And the excuse oh. I read is that no one wants to lease a building that will be used as a mortuary. And then well, who have the to tell. to buy that, one? Well, that's a great point. <laughs> Joe, on the uh, May 19th podcast, the question came up again about whether or not federal stimulus checks are taxable. Stimulus checks are considered by the IRS to be an advance on your 2020 income tax refund and thus are not taxable. The amount of the stimulus check will be deducted from the refund you get on your 2020 taxes. Keep pushing back. Chuck oh. in Columbus, Ohio. Ah, okay. Columbus, uh, I, Ohio. Well, then we won't get one because I, I haven't had a refund for the last couple of years. Yeah, so if mm-hmm. you pay, will that be added to what you have to pay? or You mean deducted from what you would have to pay? Right? No. 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 Oh, no, you're, I mean, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Scan. You're right. Scan. You're right. You're yeah. right. 
Uh, Joe, I, uh, just a thought as I was uh, pondering while walking down the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. After all the stupid, stupid things I've done in my life, if I die because I touch my face, I'm going to be seriously angry. <laughs> God, is that the truth? Stay well, boys, JC in Stone Lake, Wisconsin. Say, I was mentioning there was 99 on this day yesterday and, what, uh, 94 today. Uh, kids were swimming. Kids were swimming in May because their parents had taken the precaution of making that lakefront free of weeds, unwanted vegetation, and as uh, uh, Attenborough says, algae. It didn't have any algae. He got rid of all the algae because yep. Aquaside has been helping people keep their lakefronts free of weeds and all other wanted materials since 1956. The products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for you and your family and the lake. There is no Treat yourself to this luxury. There is no need to let your lake or pond get overtaken with weeds. Uh, Aquaside will also identify the problem. You can call them at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. They have a complete line of lake and pond products. Anything from weed and algae control. They have the rakes and the cutters, too. But you know what? Probably when you're done with Aquaside, you'll have to put away the rake and the cutter because you won't need it because all the weeds will be gone. Aquaside.com. Garage Logic will be back. Did you ever think common sense could be this much fun? Joe Suchere. Hey, stop complaining. There are people literally living in Illinois. <laughs> Wait for it. There up, boy. Gentlemen. Yeah. Sun, sun's out. Guns out. Guns out. <laughs> <laughs> so remember yesterday I was quizzing you, plinkers? You, you, yep. you all got that, right? Yep. What was the other one we used? Oh, hog leg. Log, log head or hog something. Leg. Hog yeah. leg. Hog leg. Hold yeah. that hog leg. That was yeah. a John Wayne line. Uh, how about this one? Tommy gun? Oh, What's yeah. That? Sure. It's you a machine gun. gun so all the mobsters used. They'd be what hanging off the cars shooting their Tommy guns. Here's the one I like. Chicago typewriter. I don't know that, that one. Idea? Yeah, no. neither do I. Peacemaker, I like we've heard that one. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stovepipe, uh, I think that's a, a shotgun. Peacemaker mic- is when you get shot with it, but it's peaceful. Oh, oh, <laughs> a boomstick is a shotgun. I know that. Uh, but here's my favorite. Oh, 30 Mike Mike, whatever that is. I, I don't know. Don't ask me. I, I'm not that nerdy. 59. Uh, but the one I like, and I can't Kenny, figure uh, out. how we doing here on the time? Potato digger. Jeez, potato digger. I, yeah. I've never thought about using a firearm to dig potatoes. Why don't when we come back, why don't you do a DK Mags commercial? <laughs> GLers, GLers, you heard him mention it, DKMags.com. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to help you out when you call them up and say They're looking for yeah, a new announcer any, any i'll tell them, you that got any of them <laughs> them there are uh, potato diggers in stock but if you do have a notion glers take your questions and your intentions and your your not so bad questions up to dkmags.com they're on old eight up in new brighton or monticello pond and gun they're going to set you up and answer all your questions no matter what they are and uh, if you're thinking it carry firearms sure home protection Range, plinkers, hog legs, potato diggers, uh, ammo, accessories, they have it all. If you're in law enforcement or you've been in the military, you currently are, you earn another 5% discount. God bless America. If you're thinking about getting back into the shooting sports, 
Give them a call. Go to the website, dkmags.com in New Brighton or Monticello Pawn and Gun. A couple of great gun shops for GLers run by GLers, dkmags.com. Are you guys aware of the catastrophic flooding underway in central Michigan? Boy, yes. yes. That's in the town of Midland, Michigan, and I, I was curious to read about it because I'm constantly disheartened at the lack of curiosity of, of people who are doing the reporting. I had to do a lot of searching to find out uh, about the two dams and the sense winds. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Edenville Dam failed and the Sanford Dam failed, and this uh, affects the behavior of the Tita Abawasi River. Huh. Okay, the Edenville Dam was built in 1924. The Sanford Dam was built in 1925. Uh, a couple of observations. As you know perfectly well, this will be presented to us as an example of catastrophic climate change when in actuality it's a once in every 25 to 40 year rainfall. Pretty much the rainfall, probably heavier, but pretty much the kind of rainfall that we experienced here all day Sunday when it just never let up. Sunday, a couple days ago, remember that? Oh, I sure do. Mm-hmm. Half of okay. it's in my basement. Midland, Midland now has a population of 42,000 people. Do you think 42,000 people lived in Midland in 1924 when the Edenville Dam was no. built? Do you think no, twenty-four thousand people lived it? Forty-two thousand people lived in Midland when the Sanford Dam was built in nineteen twenty-five, uh, and the answer is no. Now it gets worse. in In nineteen in in twenty eighteen, uh, the Edenville Dam was ranked uh, as a uh, as a hazardous dam, one of the nineteen hazardous dams in Michigan, and it was uh, it failed. Uh, to pass whatever tests would be given it to see if it could handle the optimum flooding of the region, and it failed. Uh, Michigan uh, ranks 20th among 45 states that the AP could find statistics for on uh, hazardous dams. Uh, The last time they reached this flood stage was 1986, uh, when it got up to about 36 feet, and I think it's now 38, there's no doubting this is a catastrophic flood made worse by the failure of two dams. And I just find myself wondering, where is the, uh, where is the curiosity? In fact, the Edenville Dam, I believe, lost its license in 2018. Where is the, okay. where is the curiosity to find out uh, how much infrastructure has been kept up with on these two dams. And these are two of 19 dams in Michigan. And, and I'm probably drifting somewhat far afield, but my observation would be with each passing year, we are going to see what an absence of care to our infrastructure is going to bring about as the political class grows more and more interested in things that have nothing to do with infrastructure, nothing to do with infrastructure. Uh, I heard a great uh, I heard a great idea from a young fellow who was wondering uh, why during the pandemic a works progress administration type uh, bureaucracy could have been developed to put out of people out of work people to work shoring up the very likes of Edenville and Sanford Dams. Now maybe I'm being naive. I don't know that a restaurant chef would would be uh, 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 an important member of the crew working on a dam, but his point was. Uh, his point was more to the to the uh, idea creation. that uh, yeah. to to job creation and and our lack of attention to 
infrastructure. Uh, just look at the roads in the Twin Cities. Just look at the streets in the Twin Cities. They're in horrible, horrible condition. But we've got a the mayor has a cabinet of 20 people all designed to work with equity and diversity and inclusion. And we go on and on and on expanding the political class. Well, we literally have dams falling apart, falling apart. And uh, this is in Michigan. And uh, uh, what you'll be sold, what the what the news consumer will be sold over the next few days is uh, obviously this is a result of climate change with this much rain, which is B as in B. S as an S. This kind of flooding has occurred there before. It will again. And if you don't have your dams in shape, you're going to put thousands and thousands and thousands of people at risk. Now, fortunately, no deaths have been reported and no one's even lost yet. They're, they've been, they had a, apparently had a good enough warning to get the hell out of there because here comes the floods. Here comes the floods. But I just, I just thought it was curious that we have to go back. These dams were built in the 20s. They're 100 yeah, years old. Almost 100 years, yeah. They're 100 years old. I, I also, to amplify your population point, yeah. uh, that co- that county right now is 83,000 people. Mm-hmm. In 1920, roughly when the dam was built, it had mm-hmm. 18,000. Isn't that so something? it's got four times more people than it had at, at that point. And, and I guess the lesson for all of us in this country is don't live below a dam. There you go. Because we don't have a political Boom. class Home that's run. motivated to take care of them. <laughs> Uh, don't I'd like to don't ask live a, below a dam. Can I ask a question on behalf of Rookie, who's not with us today? <laughs> yeah. How, what about the gull? Did that one fail? What? What's the gull? What are you talking about? The gull dam. <laughs> oh, well, I I'm giving him one. No, at I'm Gull Lake? <laughs> at, at Gull Lake? There's a dam at Gull Lake called the Gull Dam, I think. Shut gull up. damn it. <laughs> You know, you that was it really Matthew. that is yeah. that is that is what rookie would do. You're absolutely right. You're in the role of the role I of the I, yeah. I miss my guy. Midland's about 120 miles north of Detroit. And, yeah, uh, I, you know what? I I'm truthfully I I'm on the map and have been on the map for about an hour, and I can't find these dams. I can find the river. I can find a lake they flow out of. Sanford Lake. Yep. Hold well, they, it. Yep. What do you Built got? in 1912 to increase the output of mills and turbines downstream, Gull Lake Dam was you. built. In, you can't fool me with your rookieisms. In Nisswa, Minnesota. <laughs> That's right. Okay, That's so it right. is the dam that makes is it's the dam that creates Sanford Lake. Then yes, yes. Okay, I, and there's right, Gull I've Dam Brewing, it. by the way. Although I, Johnny, was that the one that closed? Up there? Uh, uh, not sure. Nerds took all the fun out of it. Yeah, yeah. sure did. Sorry, sorry. Here's Kenny. our own man, Johnny Haight. Uh, thank you. I do want to point out before I get to the news, the uh, email you had about the, the stimulus check being a, a oh, payment of your taxes last year. Yep. That is incorrect. Or next year, I mean. That's incorrect. Okay. Uh, the I- IRS says you will get the normal refund that you qualify for and your stimulus check. The refund for the normal operation of the tax code hasn't changed. The tax refund is the money returned to you because you've overpaid taxes throughout the year. That will not change because of this check. The stimulus check, the IRS says, is separate and apart from tax obligations. So it will not reduce your refund or increase the amount you owe for 2020. Well, so let's, let's correct that. It's the last time I'm quoting that guy from Ohio. <laughs> uh, also, I, as I was doing some research on this, 
Apparently, uh, uh, you also don't have to claim it as income on your 2020 income taxes. Uh, so just a free hunk of money in the mailbox. It's someday. a free hunk of money. Did you guys get yours yet? Nope. No, I, well, I didn't get one. And you know what? Big uh, deal. I, I don't deserve one. I still have a job. So yeah, we, on we got ours. Life, so yeah, speak for yourself, son. I'll take mine. Well, it's, it's, uh, believe me, Chris, I can use it. Right. It'll go to use, but, uh, you know, whatever. In news, Governor Walls, as you talked about with Tom, Joe, and state officials expected to announce plans for the phased reopening of bars, restaurants, and places of what they are calling public accommodation. That should happen uh, as we tape this in about two hours from now. Department of Employment and Economic Development Commissioner Steve Grove confirmed that announcement Tuesday. Uh, Walls previously had said he hoped to safely reopen bars, restaurants, and salons by June 1st. Monday, the state stay-at-home order expired, uh, stay-at-home order, excuse me, expired, allowing some non-essential businesses to reopen. Uh, Walls ordered the closure of such businesses in March to help curb the spread of COVID-19. Well, it's going to be one thing if he says that they can open. It's going to be another if people actually decide that they're going to go, you know, to those bars and restaurants. I want the inner tube. Oh, did you get that email, by the way? Uh, help me. Uh, inner tube. You said you wanted to do. Oh, where did it go? Where did it oh, go? Oh, is it? It's already been it's done. It's already or been done. Yeah. Yeah. I think I forwarded it to you this morning, but I Whatever. can't remember. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. In response to what they see as a lack of protective gear, members of the Minnesota Nurses Association are rallying Wednesday at the Capitol. The nurses demanding equipment, training, staffing, and more transparency from hospitals. Petitioners will deliver those demands in a pandemic bill of rights, which they've gathered more than 10,000 signatures in. The march comes a day after nurses told state lawmakers about the struggles they're facing during the pandemic. The state says inventory show hospitals have plenty of N95 masks and other supplies to last three weeks. When they run low, they can get more from the state stockpile or from their own supply chains. Alice Roberts Davis is the commissioner of the Minnesota Department of of Administration. She says the state has a 24-day supply of gowns, a 71-day supply of gloves, and a 209-day supply of masks. Uh, another restaurant closure because of all this. Uh, I am not familiar with this. It's been around a while, though. Moose and Sadie's? Don't know it. No. Don't know it. North, uh, uh, North Minneapolis? In the North Loop. It's been yeah. there uh, 24 years. Huh. In Moose a po- and post Sadie's? On, okay, I'm going to look yep. them up. In a post on Instagram, the cafe, which first opened in 1991, said it could no longer... Oh, that'd be 29 years. Excuse me. Bad math. Which first opened in 1991, said it could no longer weather the storm of the coronavirus crisis. President Trump threatening Wednesday to hold up coronavirus relief money for Michigan after he said, incorrectly, that the state had sent absentee ballots to millions of voters. It's also not clear that the president can do so. Michigan mailed applications for absentee ballots, not the actual ballots. The president tweeting, Michigan sends absentee ballots to 7.7 million people. That was done illegally and without authorization by a rogue secretary of state. I will ask to hold up funding for Michigan if they want to go down this voter fraud path. And then he took another big swig of pine saw. (laughs) You know what? Can we give the press a little close enough on that one? Yeah, it was close, though, wasn't it? Close enough. It was close. He was was very busy again on Twitter this morning. Oh, yeah. He needs to put the phone down once in a while. (laughs) Uh, Vikings fans might have more places to legally drink when they return to U.S. Bank. Because there are not enough options for the Purple Faithful. (laughs) I couldn't believe believe this story. You've already got an arena full of completely hammered people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go ahead. State lawmakers. 
The state lawmakers passed a bill before the end of the session that would allow the sale of alcohol in Commons Park just outside the stadium. It would also allow alcohol sales in Boom Island Park and the Minneapolis Sculpture Garden. Here's why this is wrong and why the state should not have allowed the Vikings to do this. This is the one area where bars and restaurants can actually make some money, and they're taking it right out of their back pockets. Is this something that's being engineered by the team? 100%. So this is money going to Ziggy's pocket. Correct. And then you and Sadie's and Moose or whatever it is just went out of business yep. down the street. And don't get me wrong. No one likes to get good and lubed up for before a Vikings game like me, but you shouldn't. this shouldn't be allowed. This is, this is wrong. Go ahead. The, the bill, sculpture uh, was, garden, the way over, way over there by Parade Stadium. That sculpture garden? No, no, I no, no. So. No, it's the one. There's a. Have you guys been to that new plaza? There's a new area? little plaza area. Oh, there is. Oh. There's a sculpture garden. Yeah, there. that's. They call that okay. the sculpture garden. I see. Yeah. All right. I got okay. you. Thank you. The bill passed unanimously in the House. It awaits Governor Tim Walz's signature and then Oof. has to be approved by the City Council. Two of the top three park systems in the U.S. are right here in the Twin Cities. According to a list released by the Trust for Public Land, Closed. Minneapolis ranked number one <laughs> according to an <laughs> index based on access, acreage, investment, and amenities in public parks, and St. Paul, number three. According to the Trust for Public Land, 98% of Minneapolis residents and 99% of St. Paul residents live within a 10-minute walk of a park, and both cities scored 100 out of 100 in investment in public parks. Acreage, the biggest <sighs> differentiator. We're one and three. Scored a Look at us. 64 out of 100. St. Paul scored a 53. I, if you're wondering, sandwiched between the two cities. I know. Washington, Washington. D.C. Yeah. That's correct. Washington, D.C. So what we have now is we have work to do. We need to be one and two. Yeah. How do we uh, rank for roads, John? Uh, are we anywhere on that yeah. map? Uh, worse than the nation? that one. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. I yet. think what we that should just do yeah. is maybe close a few more, and then we'll be up there, Kenny. That's one uh, answer. <laughs> Thousands, uh, as Joe said earlier, under evacuation orders in mid-Michigan, a day after two dams failed following heavy rain. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer declared a state of emergency Tuesday night for Midland County after both the Edenville and Sanford dams breached and urged immediate evacuations. A resident should seek higher ground, she said, as far as east and west of the Titabawassee River as possible. In the next 12 to 15 hours, she said, uh, they could be uh, under approximately nine feet of water. Do you think ever once in her political life she ever talked to anybody about the condition of the dams in Michigan? No, no, not a chance. I don't think so. Are you having trouble deciding whether or not to move? Maybe quit your job? You yes. Go through with it. B. A new <laughs> yes. B. Yes, B. we are. <laughs> a new, st- <laughs> a new st- study suggests a simple coin Get that flip. ready to play, Reeves, so people know what I'm talking about. Oh, I don't even yes, know I uh, have it anymore. Yes, John Height. Yes. A simple coin email. flip not only helps people make big choices, but they're much happier when the coin tells them to make such a huge life change. Uh, This all came about in a big study by the University of Chicago. Economist Stephen Levitt says a study of happiness after making major decisions reveals that people should actually embrace quitting. The study finds that participants who go through with their coin flip choices were living happier lives six months later. Levitt said society... Teaches us quitters never win, and winners never quit. But in reality, the data suggests the opposite. 
This was all published in the Review of Economic Studies, presented subjects with a number of questions like, should I quit my job, should I propose, and lesser questions like, should I get a tattoo? The yes and no choices were then assigned to each side of a coin. With the third party watching the results, participants were surveyed two months and six months after. Although people tended to favor sticking with the status quo after two months, their attitudes had changed by the six-month mark, and they were happy they had made the changes. I have an observation, John. Yes, Joe. Uh, it, it merely absolves people from having to make their own decision. They then can say the coin made the decision. I think people are that have drifted that far from making their own personal decisions about things, that they just as soon flip a coin. And that would make them six months later seem happier because the coin made the decision. I'm fine. Right. That kind of Maybe that's what it thing. takes. I go upstairs with a coin and flip it and see if she'll move based on uh, <laughs> yes or no, because so I'd move I, uh, today. From what I understand, you have been given permission to move. I out. have. I have. Just yeah. you. Yep. Yeah. Just you. Yeah. But you can't take care of yourself, so you stay. Uh, food would be a problem. Hey, how do I make pepper steak? Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> Let me pull a nice chair up to the stove here, and you just tell me how to do it. Where do you buy pepper? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. A nurse is going viral in Russia. She was suspended from the hospital where she worked in Tula, 100 miles south of Moscow, after she arrived at her shift in the all-male coronavirus patient wing with no clothing except for her uh, underpants or a swimsuit under the transparent personal protective equipment she was awesome. wearing. The unidentified staffer told her manager... Did she fall out of a window after that? Like oh, some of the doctors did over there? <laughs> she uh, told her bosses she was, quote, too hot to wear clothing underneath the head-to-toe vinyl gown, which protected her from contracting COVID-19. Uh, while there were reportedly no complaints from the patients, hospital chiefs punished the nearly nude nurse for noncompliance. She claimed she did not realize her underwear was showing through... The PPE. Oh, it was. The, it was. You saw the yeah. picture, obviously, yeah. too. Yeah. Then, huh? yeah. However, the regional health ministry confirmed a disciplinary sanction was applied to the nurse of the infectious disease department. The hospital administration originally claimed the woman, who was in her 20s, had been wearing lingerie, but later clarified the two-piece ensemble was possibly a swimming suit. No, it was just a, you know, the, just a, some drawers and a brassiere. Exactly. Brazier. Yeah, That's a word you don't hear often anymore. Chris, yeah. I emailed it to I, you. I, I see you. that. I can't, I was having trouble. Uh, I was having trouble finding it. <laughs> well, of course you were. Timing. Because of coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, but you have a choice. Do you A, quarantine with your wife and child, or B, B. <laughs> <laughs> that gets me every time. Yeah. B. <laughs> During the pandemic, several high-profile figures have become unlikely sex symbols. LA-based clothing brand Canava is trying to, uh, well, they're trying to take advantage of that, honoring New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, California Governor Gavin Newsom, and Dr. Anthony Fauci with a line of women's underpants emblazoned with their names on them. Limited limited edition line kicked off in late April. Because yes, my idea is, I think this should be the new GL product line. I, I think your traffic daddy should be uh, emblazoned <laughs> on my face, right, right there on your panties. Uh, no, okay. no, no. Maybe, no. maybe the back of my head. No, no. 
Limited edition line kicked off in late April with the Cuomo briefs and bikinis, which apparently led to demand for Newsom and Fauci versions. Canava prides itself, by the way, on being a carbon-neutral, woman-owned, sustainable operation. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, uh, they're also uh, giving some of this money uh, to health care workers in New York City and California. Kenny, I have an idea. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get in touch with the boys over at the Chill Boys, and maybe we'll make that happen. You guys, you've been rocking your new your new undies, and you've been a big fan of those, haven't you? I still don't have mine. Well, you know what I think I'm going to do? Me neither. I'm, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, the, they were nice enough, thechillboys.com, they were nice enough to send each and every one of us on the show a five-pack of all of their varieties of underwear, and they're super comfortable. I've been wearing them every day since. Here's what I'll do. Because John, yours, and Suchas are in the back office over here. I'll, I'll put them in the mail to you guys today. So that way you can have the full experience that Rook and okay. Kenny and I have been having these last couple of weeks. What were you going to say, enough. Kenny? Uh, since my explosive weight gain here in the last two months, <laughs> uh, I found out when the weather warmed up that none of my shirts really fit that comfortably. So when I sat down here this morning... I took my shorts off, and I'm just oh. sitting here in my chill oh. boys. No. There's <laughs> <laughs> your image of the day, folks. They are a Minnesota company, by the way, and they're really, really excited to be part of the GL Podcast family. Uh, they have five different varieties for all you guys to check out. Go online, chillboys.com, just like it sounds. You can also see their products on Twitter if you'd like as well, at chillboysmn, but also check them out online, chillboys.com. They are seriously the most comfortable underwear you will ever own. That's the truth. Kenny's well, wearing speak- just that right now. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. I almost had gotten it out of my mind. Uh, speaking of underwear, a serial underpants thief has admitted that he breached Singapore's strict coronavirus lockdown. That's that's cute, John. Breached. To sneak into a backyard and try to steal women's lingerie. Lee Chi Kin has stolen underwear from homes on at least 30 occasions since 2018. Police found more than 100 bras during a raid on his home last year. The 39-year-old was on bail over previous charges of underwear theft last month when he snuck out of home and climbed into a backyard on the hunt for more underwear. He was spotted by the homeowner and arrested. On Monday, he admitted in court he'd been breaking lockdown rules by leaving his residence without a good reason, failing to wear a mask outside. The prosecutor told the court that Lee would select bras and panties to steal based on their appearance. The accused would then, uh, well, we'll skip that part. Lee, who will be sentenced at a later date, could face a jail term and a hefty fine. People had been told in Singapore to stay at home as much as possible, only go out for essentials like uh, exercise or grocery shopping. A drive-in music festival is planned at the Central Florida Fairgrounds next month. Road Rave, it's called. You'll have to stay in your cars, though. It's organized by... And I actually know who this fellow is because of my kid, DJ Carnage. Oh, yeah? He headlines. He, he, <laughs> all the DJs have very strange Oh, names. yeah. He headlined the rare festivals for several years in Orlando, and he sold it out every time, and he said, Orlando's always showed me so much love. I want to show some back. He says that's why he decided to bring together a handful of artists for the first drive-in music festival in that area. The festival sold out 500 car spots in one day, all of the cars will be lined up with a safe distance between them for people to jam out to the live music in their car. According to the website, people are allowed outside of their car, but they have to stay right next to their car. There'll be no dancing or forming of groups outside the cars. 
DJ Carnage says he's working with loyal police. He has security uh, to ensure, uh, local police, excuse me, and has security to ensure fans stay in their cars. Well, I would stand up through my sunroof of my new uh, Volkswagen Alfa Romeo or Fiat. I would just stand up through the sunroof so I could get a good look at uh, DJ Vantage Point or whatever his name is. Carnage. DJ Carnage. D- Carnage. DJ Carnage. I'm talking about uh, Countryside is where I would shop, of course. Countryside, Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat in Maplewood. It's right there on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. Uh, based on what the governor might say today, they could be reopening, but as of this moment, you call and get your own personal appointment. The car you want to drive and inspect will be waiting for you, and it'll be, of course, clean as a whistle. But here's the best part. 0% interest right now for 72 months on all new 2019 and 2020 VWs with deferred payments of 120 days. That also includes the Atlas Crossport, uh, the newest uh, Volkswagen uh, SUV. This is, this is fantastic stuff. Here's what you do. Go to the three websites, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. Pick out what you're interested in, give them a call, get your own personal showing, and take advantage of those great, great rates on the 2019 and 2020 VWs. Call Countryside at 651-243-4316 to make your personal appointment now and get one of the best deals in the automotive business anywhere in this country, John. I think anywhere in the country. Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Johnny. Hot new item in Seville, Spain. The Beer Cart, a robotic barman that serves beer. He made his debut in the... I'm suspicious. Keep going. He made his debut when the southern city began enjoying new freedom as Spain eased their two-month lockdown with bars and cafes in half the country allowed to reopen their terraces. Sitting in the middle of the bar at La Ganita Loca, which stands for the Crazy Gypsy, the giant robotic arm with a Captain Hook pincer smoothly reaches over to a dispenser, picks up a plastic cup, spins around to hold it at an angle under the tap. Gradually straightening the cup as it fills, the robot then places it on the counter for the customer to pick up. Serving up small draft beers for just over a week in the center of Seville, the bionic barman has drawn a steady stream of both customers and curious onlookers. So now we're putting bartenders out of business. Well, this was because of coronavirus. Oh, Chris, they I didn't see. Want any. I Wouldn't it be one. great if it was found that beer cured coronavirus? You know, I'm testing oh, you, that theory on a daily basis. You guys would be good to go. <laughs> yeah. uh, live to be 150, for God's sake. B. Alberto, Mar- B. <laughs> Alberto Martinez is owner of La Gatina Loca. Uh, he said he uh, bought the robot before any of the epidemic took hold, hoping some mechanical manpower would help increase his sales. But because of the crisis, it was never put into use. Hmm. Are you still talking about this robotic beer thing? I am, yes. God almighty. How long a story is this? John, if you don't mind, I'm going to mute my microphone and watch a little video off the air here. Yeah, i got to do some stuff here. I'll be back in about 10 minutes. This is reminding, though. John, remember, were you with me when Target Field introduced the self-pouring Bud Light? Were you with me at that game? I I believe I was, And remember how long the lines were just because all these dopes wanted to buy the beer that way instead of going up to, you know, Wally Mm -hmm. the Beer Man or whatever? I thought, what a scam. Yeah, yeah. 
I did. Did you use them? You used them, didn't you? No, I of tried course them not. I would have had you? to drink Bud Light. I'm Joe, I, I don't think I'm going to put carpet point. on my pontoon. I, I'm just going to have hardwood floors. <laughs> I, I I think carpeting should never be in a boat. Period of any type. I don't. I'm a. I'm not a anti carpet. Really? No, a, really? anti carpeting in a boat. Huh. But I thought people use that so they didn't slip. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't. I don't care about them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, let's see. An Instagram mob. This is you're wrapping it up right now, Jeff. This is it, huh? Yeah. yeah I think you'll be thankful after you got me with that robotic beer story. I, I just have to draw the line. You didn't like that one, huh? <laughs> no. Well, wait till you hear this one. An Instagram right. model says a botched Brazilian butt lift left her oh, unable yeah. to sit for six months. Wow. Yikes. Like a horse. She had to sleep standing up, huh? <laughs> it was very painful, said Shilpa Sethi, who is led with okay. her mammoth backside and sexy pictures to land 1.2 million followers on their uh, website. The 25-year-old New Delhi woman said she spent 10 grand to get the uh, booty-boosting surgery in Miami about five years ago. Uh, she's an influencer, by the way, just so you know. Oh, yeah. I'm she sure she is. <laughs> she explained that her enhanced assets are key to her making a living, which includes an X-rated website only accessible for a fee. She influences fat asses. Unfortunately, the doctor who did the work uh, turned out to uh, not know what he was doing. I chose him, she said, based on what I later discovered to be fake reviews. She said the butt lift, which involved taking fat from her waist and injecting it into her backside, left her with a lopsided backside and excruciating pain, although she's fine. Because of coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, but you have a choice. Do you, A, quarantine with your wife and child, or B, B. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny Height. You bet. All right, we'll be back shortly, boys. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. All right, now we're reopening. Minneapolis parks. Yeah, sounds like it. No, 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 no. You mean the number one park system in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Woo-hoo, go up. 100, 100, 100 basketball courts, 118 play areas, 120 tennis courts. And what we're all struggling to put into context is 10 days ago you told me that we can't gather to shoot baskets or play tennis. Uh, we came up with the idea that they wondered if there was if they discovered some sort of racial inequity there by allowing people to play tennis, having removed basketball nets, so they removed them all. In any event, no, it was sold to us on safety. Well, why why is it safer today than it was two weeks ago? I don't get it. And they still have the same rules, you know. Don't you can't play uh, anything unless it's with your family, and. Uh, Park visitors are expected to follow guidelines issued by the Department of Natural Resources. You got to keep your group size under ten. Don't touch playground equipment. That's going to be kind of difficult, isn't it? Well, yeah. How do you how do you use? Play- You're not supposed to touch picnic tables and benches. Team sports such as volleyball and basketball should be played with members of the same household only. This is this is at the, this this is officially reached the point of absurdity. It's it absurd because. None of those rules are going to be followed. This is the point of absurdity. It's ridiculous. There's a uh, <clears throat> there's a playground by the place that the wife and I uh, used to live, and the the boys and I went over there the other day to go play with it. And there's signs posted saying, you know, your 
children must be eight feet apart and you can't go here, but you can go. And I'm thinking, who who came up with this nonsense that this is what's going to save us all is my eight-year-old standing 10 feet away from Billy next door. I just you know this is a joke. You know what I think is going to happen? And, and I certainly am not uh, schooled in the medical sciences by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I have a prediction. Uh, as the weather continues to improve, for example, at this very moment, it's just gorgeous outside. Clear blue skies and sunny. We're heading into the high 70s over the next week or so. Uh, and I'm not wishing this. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, oh, that I'm... What are you going to say? No, I'm not suggesting that I want people to get sick. But I think what's going to happen ultimately, uh, because these rules and admonishments have officially reached the point of absurdity, like Kenny said, they're absolutely going to be ignored anyway. What I think will happen is this: just the very mass of us, the very mass of humanity will take care of this uh, virus because uh, the herd immunity is the phrase. Herd immunity is going to take place whether we want it to or not because we're not going to stay in the house all summer. Minnesotans crave summer. Minnesotans crave the parks and the bike paths and the tennis courts and the basketball and the swimming beaches and the sailing and the fishing and the whole thing. We're going to take care of this. And and we will have wasted a lot of time, I guess, is what I'm suggesting, taking care of it, because we could have been doing that already. And now with the weather breaking the way it is and the park board in Minneapolis and St. Paul lifting whatever absurd restrictions they had in place, we're going to take care of this. It, it, it's, we, we might not want to think about it that way, but that's what's going to happen. It's either that or you stay in your basement. Yeah, and it's really frustrating for me because they have these pretend BS rules that nobody's going to follow, and everything you just said is going to happen. Meanwhile, all these restaurants are closing they're mm-hmm. all abandoning their leases. They can't pay. That means we've got landlords sitting on empty buildings. They can't pay their mortgage. And things are just going in the toilet financially. Signs reminding park users to stay six feet from others, not to play team sports and wash hands frequently, will remain in place. And get this. Ambassadors also will be in the parks to remind visitors to stay oh, six feet apart. Ambassadors. Oh, good. Love the ambassadors. I urge all Minneapolis residents to take the state guidelines seriously, take personal responsibility, and practice social distancing in parks to protect themselves and others, Bangura said. He's the head of it, isn't it? Al Bangura, whatever his name is. You know what? B as in B, S as in S. S as in S. Yep. The, the disease is not BS. It's real. It's here. It's nature. But this is this. we've reached the point of absurdity. Ten days ago, you told me it wasn't safe to play tennis. Now you're telling me it's okay if I follow this 15 other guidelines you want to put in place. <laughs> Are you out of your minds, you people? It's gone yeah, too far. Yeah. It's gone yeah. too far with the absurdity. We, we, we're going to take care of this. Whether we want to or not, we'll bring this virus to its knees because it'll run out of hosts. But here's what I'm also fearful of. We, we start to open things up. We get a couple of weeks in. Maybe it's mid, early July, whatever the case might be. And we see a spike. And maybe even that spike is significant. I will bet everything I own we're going to shut her down again. Uh, or, maybe, or maybe it happens this fall. I don't know. But I guarantee that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
certainly wouldn't be shocking. No. I read another bit of uh, scientific theorizing that uh, and this is based on European models that uh, uh, a 50-day strict lockdown followed by 30 days easing, followed by 50 days strict, followed by 30 days easing would somehow uh, expire this virus, exhaust it to, to some effect. But again, this is all done without taking into consideration that uh, you're just destroying too many uh, too many economies. You're destroying too many economic opportunities. You're destroying... Uh, to, you know, your life can, your your spirit can get broken uh, as much being out of work as it can being ill. Your, th- spirit, your yeah. spirit is susceptible to being broken. Uh, yep. And your spirit is as important in many respects as your physical health. And I realize that, you know, ending up on a ventilator is a, is a bad, bad scene. And I, I get that. Uh, but breaking breaking the spirit of people is also harmful and horrible and and to tell me that 10 days ago uh, you had to take the the tennis net i almost had a bad uh, bit of profanity there that you had to take the <laughs> tennis you had to take the tennis nets down and the basketball uh, nets because you deemed that to be uh unsafe and now nothing's changed nothing has changed nothing and nothing will change after you uh, open the parks back up nothing will change this thing is going to do what it's going to do. And short of hiding in an underground bunker, what the hell are you supposed to do about it? You just reminded me of something on Monday when Patrick was in here before Garage Logic. Uh, he and I recorded the Royce on Baseball podcast, and he had an idea. And he said, I had an idea. Oh, we ought to spice things up. Monday Night Sparks Talk should go blue. The effort edition of Monday Night <laughs> yeah. Sparks Talk. Believe me, I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> He said it would be a ratings bleeping bonanza. Oh, it would. It I would. went back on that show if that happened. <laughs> yeah. I went back on. Rookie can go right to hell. I'm taking over. I, I think our superiors would frown on. Yeah, it. I think that would be a bit of a, a bit of an issue with the the uh, folks that write our checks. <laughs> you know, we run a pretty straight ship uh, at HBI, and I. But I can see. Uh, I've always wanted to do drunk golf commentary. Oh, with, that with would swearing. be brilliant. With swearing, yeah. Oh, that would Fred, be genius. Fred well, okay, fake, yeah. fake, yeah, fake drunk golf commentary. Oh man! It occurred no, to me real, the other day again golf. when I when I was watching the event uh, over the weekend at uh, a Seminole in Florida. I just kept thinking this would really be more realistic if we could let these guys say what they really want to say. Oh yeah, yeah. You well, honestly, that was a lot of the intrigue for me with the Last Dance, and I know you and Patrick both didn't really get into it. But they ran two separate channels. They ran the edited version on ESPN2, and they ran the unedited version on ESPN, and it was great. Yeah, uh, I can imagine you mean it was. the on-court stuff? Well, no, the like on-court? Jordan would be sitting in his house or wherever they were filming it. I think it was his house, uh, but some had said it was a rented house. And he was saying, you know, bleep this guy and bleep that guy, and here's what bleeping happened. It was great because it was raw, and it was it was just pure. I thought it was fantastic. Well, you can get back in the parks. Uh, not that bicyclists and pedestrians have ever been uh, prohibited. In fact, they keep closing up the roads for you to walk. But not don't get closer than six feet. Nope. 
And when you're on your Bintelli e-bike, uh, I guess you can't get closer than six feet to anybody. But that might as well be your mode of transportation all summer long because you're going to be doing a lot of bike riding. EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake is back open. Normal business hours. Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., fully open, practicing safe distancing. Bentelli e-bikes in stock, 100 bikes, 200 scooters in stock, these little gas scooters that make every errand an adventure. And no matter what you buy, Tim uh, will deliver it free throughout the Twin Cities metro area. Uh, Bike sales are up 50% over this time last year. They're going to continue to rise. You might as well have fun and get the five levels of electric assist that the Bintelli offers you. That way you can literally ride 20, 30, 40 miles a day and not uh, and not completely blow out your knees and your hips. It's just a really going to be a really fun way to spend the summer. Uh, and then, then see, you can, you can go buy one of the ambassadors. They'll have ambassadors in the park. And, and uh, the ambassador might want to try to flag you down, but then you zip up the electric assist and you speed away from the guy. You speed away and say, I'm not talking to any ambassadors because you'll, you'll have to be closer than six feet from me. EcoFun Motorsports is in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61, back and rocking and rolling normal business, Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. These are wonderful, wonderful toys. I call them toys, but uh, you know what I mean by toy. Hell, a good car is a toy. Uh, So uh, take advantage of this. Yeah. Nothing better than a battery-operated toy. Oh, That's man. right. That's right. Oh, it's just fantastic, fantastic stuff. Uh, uh, hail the bird watcher. Hail so a roll you. you uh, really yeah, hail. Go ahead. Say, Joe, I've been listening with fascination about your bird sightings these past few weeks. Hey, by the way, last night a pigeon flew into the garage. Flew yeah, right in. Really? Did it fly right up your nose? No, I got rid of it. I turned around. I said, shoo, go away, pigeon. Uh, forget those two knuckleheads and their ignorance. The wife and I installed a bird feeder a few weeks ago and have enjoyed watching the birds that come for a quick snack. Today I saw a northern flicker. It's a type of migrating woodpecker. There's an app out there for your phone called Merlin by Cornell University. You can use it to identify the birds you've seen. Keep pushing back your birding pal, Nick in North Carolina. All right, Nick. Uh, and I only do these because I really appreciate the fact that we have a guy at Mumbai, India, who sends us on this date in Minnesota history every day. Right. Tom Lyman, uh, uh, awaiting, uh, uh, waiting out the uh, coronavirus in Mumbai, India. And uh, it was on this day in 1902 that the State Federation of Afro-American Women's Clubs organized in St. Paul with the goal of uniting clubs for better communication and productivity. Representatives from the clubs in St. Paul, Minneapolis, and Duluth attend the meeting. That was in 1902. 1902. And Stacy, the GL geologist, says another decent aftershock from last week, 6.4. This is a 5 in Nevada, 5.0 in Nevada. So uh, Mother is... Uh, mother it's pretty is, big for an aftershock, well, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big aftershock. You're right. Yeah. And then listen to this one. This is fantastic. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. I thought you might appreciate this cognitive dissonance. I'm driving north on 35E through Burnsville. A black sedan is swerving in and out of his lane. I pass him to keep the stupid people behind me. And as I pass, I observe this 20-something fellow. Number one, he's wearing a mask alone in his car. 
Number two, he's wearing a blue nitrate gloves, nitrate gloves, alone in his car. Three, he is absolutely engrossed in his phone in his right hand, head down, nose inches away. Diligently wearing PPE to protect a virus that has almost no chance of harming him, but actively endangering others around him on the road. Good luck, Ken Martin. Isn't that something? That couldn't be more Isn't that something? Isn't that That something? That's America right there. That's America. That's America. Stand Can we up back for up a second. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, back to parks and bicycles and walking, etc. Are you still doing your walks, your daily yes. walks? Yes. Are you masked Are you still up? Walking. You still? No, walking I don't wear a mask. You going residential? You're still pretty in the much residential yeah. Area. Yeah. You just go to parks. No. Today I was in Lakewood, uh, and the walkers have taken over in Lakewood. They're Where's everywhere. Lakewood? Where's at Lakewood is what? It's at the end of Lake Street and uh, what is that? The 30, cemetery, you mean? Yeah, 36 maybe? Uh, yeah. You can't go in that cemetery, I thought. Oh, I thought Lakewood was closed. There. Oh, maybe it's, it's closed to, maybe it's close to uh, motorized traffic. I tried to go in once on my scooter. I think that's what it is. I guess you no, could you, walk through there. You can go in on a scooter or a bicycle or a truck or, or whatever. Uh, I didn't know that. The walkers are everywhere this morning. I could yeah. not believe it. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of walking. Oh, that reminds it's me. It's a peaceful setting, that's for sure. Kenny, uh, what, what you, you tweeted out a photo the harbor cam up in Duluth? What it's was my it? It's craze now. Uh, what it's was canal, it that came in? The Duluth Canal Cam. I don't know. Some big ocean tanker came in uh, this morning. And uh, another one uh, is going out, I believe, today at 3 p.m. One went out yesterday morning. I just love this. They have two cams there. One faces the lake down the uh, can- the, the canal that, you know, that they go through. And the other one faces the lift bridge. Uh, and it's just fascinating. It is really cool. Because, you know, I've only seen that happen a few times when I just happened to be in Duluth, and I, I've seen one. I know, I know the residents up there, it's a daily, all-day occurrence, but for us city, it's it's fantastic. Joe, I probably sh- should say, don't use my name, but what the hell, go ahead. <laughs> we, we live in Iowa, and as I listen to the Monday, May 18th podcast, I'm doing so sitting on a patio looking out at beautiful Lake Bowstring, Drinking a bush light. I know you beer snobs are looking down your nose at that, but <laughs> family me. fishing trips are all about quality. Uh, quantity, not quality. <laughs> I don't know. I, I won't be more specific about my location to keep from being rounded up and kicked out of the state for violating the one tank proclamation. Full disclosure, uh, disclosure, I used a tank and a half of gas to get here. The resort owners tell me they have actually had cancellations due to the one tank decree. Come on. If touching one gas pump handle does us in, we are in big trouble. I don't even let the boys or my wife, for that matter, go inside anywhere to, to go to the bathroom. Don't know how well we would be received, so we all just went on the side of the road during our seven-hour trip. Keep up the good work, Rob. They're down in Iowa, but not now. They violated the one tank rule and uh, went fishing up in northern Minnesota, but they're not going to tell us. Not going to tell us where they are. And before we take a slight break, uh, just a note from uh, uh, Jordy. Why California is in trouble? They have 340,000 public employees with $100,000 plus paychecks that cost the taxpayers $45 billion. And he notes uh, most every state has similar problems. Uh, and where they also have real problems is they've a lot of states have raided their public pension funds. And the taxpayers, I'm sure, will be expected to 
make up that difference. Might we return shortly? Hey, I know a lot of you GLers are pumped that golf is back and open for business, and we would love it if you could book a tee time with our partners over at Siren National Golf Club in Siren, Wisconsin. They are, of course, following all of the safety protocols to ensure the safety of you and the course employees. It's only about an hour and a half from the Twin Cities. Our friends Jeff and Sarah are the owners, and they are true diehard GLers. They actually have a full staff of GL listeners up there in Siren, and they love the show, and they are excited to welcome all of you GLers to the course. It's a beautiful 19-hole championship course. Yes, they have an extra hole. You really do have to see the beauty of this course for yourself. Check out a hole-by-hole video tour at their website right now, sirennational.com. They have mature pine and hardwood forests that line bent grass, fairways, and greens. It's a lot of great natural features like woods, water, and rock, and there are no houses on the course. You are in the Northwest. Woods. It's perfect for both veteran and beginner golfers. It's also extremely affordable. Jeff and Sarah have priced rounds very fair. They want people to have fun without breaking the bank. Book your tea time right now at sirennational.com. We would love it if you could go support our fellow GLers and play Siren National. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. I'm a victim of the coronavirus. No. Not physically. Not physically yet. Not physically. Yet. Me and a bunch of other guys who drive old British cars, uh, we were going to, not this weekend, but the following weekend, head down to Amarosa, Iowa to visit the uh, very noted motorcycle museum there and uh, stay one night in, uh, uh, what the hell's the town in Iowa? Mason Uh, City. uh, No. Uh, on the Des, river. Waterloo. Des no. Moines. Des Moines, no. Iowa. What the hell's the name of the town in Iowa? Uh, wait, wait, Hol- let me guess. What was Polcat Creek. <laughs> West Branch. Was it West Branch? No, it's uh What was the city that the car show or the, the show was held in? Uh Dubuque. Oh, Dubuque. So we're going to spend one night in Dubuque and then uh, one night in Lacrosse and just be back, but we canceled it because nothing's open. Is this the place that when you went down, the guy had the man bun, and you asked him for a recommendation? Something like that. I can't remember. Okay. But anyway, we're not going to go because, uh, oh, sorry to you hear know, that. Well, restaurants aren't open. and In fact, the that motorcycle museum. Man, that thing ain't going to make it down there anyway, Such, Do you trailer that queen down there? <laughs> Hell, I've driven that to Arkansas and back. Shut up. I have. The MG? No, no, the other one. Oh, well, the good one. No, the Triumph. I've driven to uh, no Arkansas. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Really? MG, well, I've I... driven as far as, uh, oh, hell, I bet Forest Lake. Is no, it... I, I'm kidding. I, uh, the MG, I've driven to uh, Lake Delavan, Wisconsin. Isn't Dubuque no on the kidding. border? Yeah, it's right on that river. Yeah. Right across from Illinois. Yeah. Uh, Hail of Flashlight King. Greetings, Mayor. I have two quick flyover stories that you and the gang might enjoy. Our home in Duluth is only four miles from the airport and very near the glide path for air traffic. Since the airport is the home of the 148th Fighter Wing, we are treated several times every week with F-16 training flights that come right over our house. Most Saturdays are the busiest with formations of up to six fighters that take off, come over our house at two to 3,000 feet, bank left to head out over sparsely populated terrain, 
Okay, there, buddy. Hey, buddy. Perfect. How are you? Kick. Kick in their afterburners and shake the house as they accelerate north. My wife and I are both military veterans and love the sound of freedom. Also, every year or two, we get a close-up look at the Blue Angels when they are in town for the annual air show. He included a video. My other flyover story took place 15 years ago at the Pensacola Naval Air Station at my son's wedding while he was serving in the Marine Corps. The day before the wedding, all the guys met at the base golf course for a morning round of golf. Little do we know that it was also practice day for the Blue Angels who are stationed there. Oh, cool. Try to concentrate on your golf swing when a half dozen FA-18s come blasting over the treetops only 1,200 feet over your head. This went on for an hour. Tough golf day, but great air show. They were so close and so loud. Even the mayor, you wouldn't have missed that one. Happy to be happy to be back from our winter home in Arizona. Keep pushing Arizona. Keep pushing back, Mike in Duluth. That's the only way we could get Kenny on the golf course is if we promised him a flyover. <laughs> mm-hmm. I played for a, a couple of years. Did you really? I, I no, out of mental reasons, I had to quit. Oh. I was thinking, <laughs> Sorry to bring up such a rough subject. No, I was no Suchi. You could probably relate to this. There used to be a golf course on 66th and Cedar, right by the airport. There, I, I was taking lessons oh, yeah. from. Yeah. I was taking uh, lessons from a pro, and my goodness, could I hit them far and long when the pro was standing right next to me? But I mm-hmm. would walk across the the little path to the first the first tee box. And auger that thing off into the right, and it would land on a runway somewhere. And and finally, I, I just couldn't take it anymore, and I just sold everything and got rid of it. And I've never been so happy with quitting something in my life. It was just so frustrating. So there you uh, go. I not only can identify with that, it's it's the most common problem in amateur golf. I was there's so never happy. been a there's never been a trophy I haven't won on the driving range. Oh, that pro had me hitting so far. And, Joe, it would be five minutes, ten minutes after the lesson. And I just stink it up. And finally, it's like, you know what, I'm not doing this. Were you getting lessons in in hopes of becoming, like, a a, a, I don't know, like not an amateur? I just just wanted to get rid of that slice. Roycey and I have the same slice. Uh, And I just, all I wanted to do was get rid of that because I could deal with my short game. Putting, I love putting. Could do it all day long, but I just could not get rid of the slice. Maybe you should do what Roycey did then and turn counterclockwise. I've seen that happen in action, and it's the funniest thing you'll ever see. He just he he lines up the wrong damn way, and it hooks right onto the fairway. And no, rolls he's got a, he's he's got a face due south to hit it west. Yeah, what, right. He yes. Aims, what's yes. the phrase? He aims at nine o'clock to hit it to noon. Is that- right. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Uh, hail the flashlight king. Hail. Hail you. you. Joe, I had a thought as I listened to your discussion on Tuesday's episode about wearing a mask when a business asks you to. This seems akin to your generation's view of wearing a hat indoors. The reason I thought of it is because I had a college professor who very politely requested his students remove their hats in his classroom. He was diligent about it and did not let it slide to the point where he actually had to ask a student to leave his classroom because the student would not remove his hat. My view is this. 
Recent generations, my generation, do not view wearing a hat indoors as a sign of disrespect. We just don't see it that way. But I respect my professor and his authority to manage his classroom with his rules. For this reason, I remove my hat immediately upon entering his classroom every time except one, which was the first time I met him and he had had to ask me to do so. But I made sure he never had had to ask me again. As a fellow person with skin in the societal game, I respect a business's right to manage their business as they see fit. If they want me to wear a mask, I'll politely respect their wishes, or I'll pick somewhere else to go. It's that simple. Just have respect for other people or choose not to be around them. It's not a big deal. Good luck, Jesse. But, Jesse, I'm going to take you to task that uh, it is a big deal for you to wear a hat indoors, and you should not do it. I have a question because I've never heard you. You probably what, when you're in the studio, at least once a week tell me to take my hat off because I'll forget. Right. And my old man would never let me wear my baseball cap at the dinner table. I would hope not. And But but I'm all, I've always wondered, and I, I get it, and I've always respected it, whether it's you or my dad, I've always done it, but I, I don't, I've never heard the origin of why it's viewed as disrespectful. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> but it goes back forever. I mean, this right. isn't recent, Chris. This goes back to the oh, beginning of time. My grandpa used to, he wouldn't let me wear the hat in the house. Well, do you let your right. little guys wear the hat? Well, they usually don't in the in the house. They usually never do. The only time they'll put a cap on is if they're outside because they want to keep the sun out of their eyes. But I've never heard of a reason why it's viewed as disrespectful. I've always respected it. I just didn't know why. I'm looking it up because you got, you got me thinking now. Oh, I mean, so- I have my own reasons. Oh. Well, Chris, we don't really necessarily remove our hats just to appease Joe or to show respect. I mean, let's admit it. We remove our hats just to shut them up, right? Yeah, that's half of it. Yeah. Well, no, that's all of it. <laughs> well, see, here I thought all this time I've been working with you that there was some <laughs> deep-rooted reason why. Well, he's cantankerous. He's crusty. <laughs> that's why. I love when he's distracted like this. You can say anything about him. Yeah, you can. According to the etiquette experts over at the Emily Post Institute, the act of removing your head indoors is a longtime sign of respect. In fact, it probably began with medieval knights. Hmm. The Institute writes that back in medieval Europe, any knight who failed to remove his helmet or lift his visor to identify himself could face fatal consequences. Knights also remove their helmets as a sign of vulnerability and trust in churches and in the presence of women and royalty. The rule also has its roots in Christianity, as it's considered customary for men to remove their hats upon entering a church. Women, on the other hand, are allowed to keep their hats on in church. But perhaps the strictest rules of Western hat etiquette exist exist in the U.S. flag code, which advises men to take off their hats during the national anthem, no matter where it's being played. While the flag code is certainly not a law... It's an advisory. Its inclusion of hat etiquette cements the idea that wearing a hat in the wrong situation is the epitome of rudeness. In other words, wearing a hat at the wrong time is rude because wearing a hat at the wrong time is rude. It's it's just rude. Huh. Right. Okay. And and that's the only time I get uh, irritated is during the national anthem when these ding-dongs don't take their hats off. That, That makes me mad. Just because I love our country, men are men are allowed men are allowed to keep their hats on at indoor athletic events, on public transportation, in post offices, airports, hotel or office lobbies, and on elevators. See, I didn't know that. Mine's off indoors. Uh, so I, I'm just saying that uh, it's just a sign of respect. And if you don't do it, you're just a rude 
so and so. You're a Mountain Dew drinker. You're uh, you're. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I go into Grunhoffers, <laughs> when I go into Grunhoffers, I'll take my hat off. Really? I'm not, wearing, I'm not wearing a hat indoors. You shouldn't wear a hat indoors. I bet it stems in my case. Well, a my old man was adamantly anti-hat indoors. He, if he and my mother were out on the road somewhere and looking for a place to have a cocktail, he'd st- kind of cruise by the place and look in there. And if he saw anybody with a hat on, he kept going. No. Oh yeah, he just really. <laughs> well, we know where he gets it then. <laughs> really, an anti-hat indoors guy, and I bet it also stems from uh, just from going to church at an early age. You realize I, I the first that, thing yeah. a guy did upon entering your church was to take your hat off. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but in even in Grunhoffers, I wouldn't wear a hat. And uh, I got to get there. I got to get that prime cut seasoning. Well, you better get going, Brock, because she's going to get rocking and rolling before the holiday weekend. I mean, there's brat steaks, chops, uh, sticks, the whole deal, rookie burgers and Reaver's meatloaf. But, man, that prime cut seasoning sounds wonderful to put on stuff for this Memorial Day weekend grilling festival that will be taking place. And uh, Grunhoffers is hands down the place to go to get the best grilling meat you will find anywhere. It's right in Hugo on the north end of Highway 61. You can't miss it. And uh, uh, Kevin McDonald told us this week, he alerted to us, he bought it a few weeks ago, and he and his CP, they even put it on vegetables. It's Grunhofer's Prime Cut Seasoning. I, I can, I swear I can smell it as in my mind's eye. I can't wait to try it. Uh, is one of us making a run this week? Uh, I am going to do my best to do that, but I don't know if time will allow it. But I'd love to. Yeah, well, if you do, get me some Prime Cut Seasoning. I will. If I, if I go there, I for sure will get you some. That would be fantastic. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. Thank you, GLers. Get out there and enjoy that beautiful day. I'll say. And Does hey, that mean I have to put on a pair of pants? Because I like these undies. Those yeah. chill boys that you got rocking and rolling? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, speaking yeah. of grilling, Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores, Mike wants you to know that Fratelloni's delivers grills right to your house, touchless, and they'll take away your old grill to be recycled. Weber. And they, they're put together, too, aren't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. They are assembled by the staff. They'll take care of everything for you. And also, I bought a new Toro lawnmower for Mike over the last weekend. Boy, does that baby purr. I absolutely love that thing. So you finally got it running, huh? Yeah, I did. You'll wreck it. You'll end up wrecking <laughs> for it. For sure. Let's see if it lasts till Labor Day. <laughs> Hey, we'll talk to you again tomorrow.